0: Hello everybody and welcome to the newest edition of the Haskin Cast podcast. Very grateful for everyone that is listening and sending in feedback and putting up ratings and, and reviews. Uh, it definitely helps out, helps get the word out, and hopefully uh, more people will enjoy the show. That's the goal anyway. Otherwise, why bother doing it? It's not just that it's fun, uh, but you know, I want everything that I do to have some kind of point. Uh, otherwise, why bother? Uh, before I get to today's guest, um, it is currently Wednesday, and I want to let you guys know that there will be a couple of special episodes coming. Coming up on Saturday, I was able to carve out some time with Victoria Page, who is uh, an amazing actress, model, and cosplayer. Uh, She and I have known each other for a few years, and I uh, finally was able to get some time with her. So uh, she'll be coming up. And then I also have another special episode coming up with uh, someone who uh, we're not really going to reveal her identity. We're just going to call her Gina, and she is going to talk about her very difficult battle with drugs and kind of where she's at. She's somebody I've known for, I want to say, somewhere around 15 years now and she's very special to me and I'm very grateful to see that she's finally uh, being able to move forward from some of the traumatic things that she's experienced in her life so uh, I'll have those both available on Saturday and then in the meantime today we're talking to Chandra Bond who is uh, another actress that I've known for a few years now and we've never met, we've never actually spoken this uh, interview was the first time that we've actually connected voice wise uh, but we've, you know, we've emailed back and forth and we both came from the Phoenix filmmaker scene and she's moved on to LA and of course I've moved on to LA and then Vegas where I am now doing this podcast and uh, it's really exciting to talk to people who are passionate and who just really go for it and aren't afraid to experiment and explore because I think that you really can only grow so much if you only work with the same people if you work too much within your comfort limits especially as an artist You can do a little bit, uh, but I think that you really need to push those boundaries from time to time and and see what you're really capable of and maybe find new gears or just different things that you like doing or new things to explore that can be fun. So anyway, uh, here's my talk with Chandra. So let's welcome to the show Chandra Bond. Chandra, how are you?
1: I'm great, thank you. How are you?
0: I'm doing really good. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. You are really big into theater acting. That seems to be your thing. Do you do films as well, or is it mainly just theater now?
1: I do all three, film, TV, and theater. Um, I have a film production background as well, so film and TV definitely have a special place in my heart. But I started in theater, And it is definitely one of the places that I feel most comfortable and most at home. Um, And I think that every actor should experience theater at least once in their life to be in a show.
0: Do you find it more challenging to be in theater versus a film?
1: In some ways. I think that each genre, not genre per se, but each area, they both have their own specific challenges. Film and TV can definitely be more on the technical side, so sometimes making sure you stay in your circumstances and in line with what your character's thinking can be a little more difficult, because there is more stop and go. But then with theater, you're just immersed in it for however long the show is, which can be challenging for a lot of people as well. But good acting is good acting, and and a great story is always fun to tell, regardless of the medium. Um, But definitely for theater, there's just an excitement that is there with the live audience.
0: Sure. And do you find it, uh, have you had circumstances or or anything where, you know, maybe things have gone wrong live that you've just, you just have to roll with because the show's got to keep going?
1: Yes, definitely. Um, I was doing a show Many, many years ago. And there are two different sections of that particular play where a line is extremely similar. It, there's just one word difference in the lines. And the actress that says the line said the second set. So we all just, without a date because we knew the dialogue so well, just kept going. And we didn't even register that we had skipped this 10 ten-minute section Ooh. until after the show. <laughs> However, thank goodness, I don't want to say that it wasn't an important section because it, it is. It's the, the writer wrote it. It's something that's there. Um, but it wasn't critical enough that we needed to go back and, and adjust. But, yeah, there are definitely times when things happen on set that you just have to deal with. And as long as you deal with them in character and circumstance. I've never had a major issue. There's never been a moment where someone was just absolutely drowning or we had to stop. Nothing like that.
0: I do think that would be a good uh, opportunity to really see how well you know your character or or how immersed you are. Because when you're doing film or television, obviously, you can yell cut, you can reset, you can do whatever you need to do. Uh, They can change things in editing. And when you're live, you're live. And the show's happening no matter what. Exactly. When you're looking uh, at taking on doing a show or a film or a television, what do you look for in a director?
1: I definitely look for passion in the project. You can absolutely tell if the director is not really interested in being there, which always puts a very weird energy out and... It's just, it's always extremely nice when they are as passionate about the material as you are. Mm-hmm. It is always fantastic as an actor on our side to have a director that loves talking about backstory and really getting to know things. That is a luxury. I know a lot of directors, especially in film and TV, are really just focused on making things work. So sometimes you get no direction.
0: Do you think that's an element of the fact that the director trusts you, or do you think it's just their style?
1: Honestly, sometimes it's hard to tell. I've definitely had a couple of directors that don't give a lot unless they don't like something. As long as you're doing something that they are liking, they won't say anything. But the moment they don't believe you, that's when they'll adjust. Um, But I've I've had the whole spectrum of directors. So, I mean, there are good lessons to take away from all of it. I definitely prefer the actor's director. um, That is definitely on the same page as the character and with me. And it it can be a great journey. But I've, I've had some really fun times on set where I've had no direction except I need you to start here and then there. And then I get to play with whatever's in between. Yeah. So I try to look at each individual one as it comes along and take what I can and give whatever I can.
0: Sure. So when when the director doesn't work on the backstory with you, is that something that you just go ahead and do on your own so that you can really feel a part of that character?
1: Yes, absolutely. For me... Making sure I know who I am as the character and what the circumstances are and what I want, uh, that is crucial. So I do that work regardless of what kind of director I have. If they have anything to add on to that, that's always wonderful. But if they don't, I at least have my solid foundation that I know and can go off of. Mm-hmm.
0: Sure. Well, it's, it's, I would imagine I'm, I'm not really an actor. I've done a little bit of acting, but I would imagine that, especially if you're doing a, a, you know, a more prominently featured character than just even, you know, some people, I guess, even do that in background work, but to know, not just the lines, but why you would say that, why you would react that way, what it is about your character that would cause you to make the decisions that they make. uh, It's, Uh it's so much more than just lines on a piece of paper.
1: Oh, absolutely. It's in every day we don't always necessarily know right off the bat why we're saying something until after the fact. Mm-hmm. So at least for me, I mean there are tons of different methods and ways people work, but for me it's really working backwards. We start with the lines and then we have at least I have to figure out why am I saying this how am I feeling, why is this making me say these specific words, and, and going from there. I really try to flesh out every script that I have so that I can find all those clues to what's going on and, and make it as real and as connected as I can.
0: Sure. Now, have you had, because uh, you've done a lot of work, so have you had times where you find, oh, I've already really played that character before, and you just found some sort of different thing to bring to that character than you did the last time?
1: Um, kind of. It's, it's weird because there are those general stereotypical names for characters, the girlfriend or the, you know, the wife or any of those, but every character really is different, um, especially depending on if the director has any idea of, of what he wants, as well along lines of specifics. So I can't say that I've, I've brought things just to be different. Um, I really try to come at each one in a new way and look at it just from that project. There have been times where I've thought, well, I've done so many girlfriend roles, I would love to do this role, but, you know, whatever comes along and whatever's available, it's hard to say no to.
0: Right. So is there really, is there a character that you just absolutely do not want to play?
1: I typically do shy away from the girlfriend roles, the sweet, loving, stereotypical, girlfriend roles, just because I am married and I, I feel I do play that every day in, the, in a sort of way.
0: <laughs> right, so it's not really acting.
1: Yeah, but at the same time, sometimes those roles can be so deep because I'm so connected to that side. Mm-hmm. It's great playing things that are so different from myself, though. So it, it really depends on what's coming my way and and if i have options i'll go for something i haven't done mm-hmm. but if i don't have options i, I will welcome any
0: role sure well and, and as you know as a passionate actor i think that it's very normal that you would want to say okay i've done this i want to do more i want to grow i want to experience different characters and facets and, and different skills you know within the character so that that makes perfect sense. Is there anything that you haven't done that you specifically have like on a bucket list of characters you'd want to play?
1: I really enjoy playing the crazy or psycho what people would label as those characters. I don't get offered those as much. Mm -hmm. Um, So that is definitely or even just the typical quirky roles. I would love to do anything on that side Mm -hmm. more so than I have already. But everything has a time and a place so I'm hopefully they'll come down this road
0: <laughs> sure yeah now is your husband in the industry also
1: he is he is a cinematographer so oh. he deals with the camera and he he's been working a lot lately so I'm very happy for him
0: good I'm glad to hear that so you're you've been recently doing quite a bit of theater uh do you have anything coming up at this point or are you just kind of looking for the next one
1: I do have a play coming up. I am actually in November going to be going on November 3rd to the 18th. I'm going up to Washington state to do a production of dead man's cell phone.
2: Nice. Which
1: is definitely, um, I remember reading that play in college and it's, it's always interesting when things come back around, but it'll actually be my first time traveling out of state for theater. So I'm really excited for that. And it's, a shorter rehearsal period than I'm used to. Mm -hmm. Typically, a lot of theaters will have one to two months. Um, And it varies, obviously, depending on what level you're at. But um, this will definitely be a challenge time-wise. So it'll be a new experience. And luckily, I do know the director and I know a couple of the other actors in the show. So it'll be at least a friendly environment. So it should be a lot of fun.
0: Oh, good. And especially, I mean, you know, traveling out of town, and I don't know how familiar you are with the area, but there's always that era of I'm not home, uh, I don't have my, my comforting things, and, you know, you're, you're yep. if you're working with people that you don't know, I mean, it's really kind of an isolating and weird experience when you're out of town. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I'm hopefully going to have more of those experiences in a weird way I want that. Mm, sure. <laughs> but... um yeah, I'm excited to see what happens.
0: Well, I think you can really grow from those experiences, too. And, and, you know, we don't have a lot of opportunities in life where life just throws us into situations like that. But in, in mm-hmm. our line of work, of course, you do have that potential a lot more so than other jobs. And it's, uh, you know, it's a, it, you can either take it as something to be afraid of and shy away from, or you can embrace it and go, this is cool. What can I learn from this? What experiences am I going to have? And utilize that for something down the road, too.
1: Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
0: Now, I think that that there's there's the people that go to the theaters or they go to a movie and they just kind of see what's presented and they don't tend to think about all the work that goes in behind it. But what do you do to keep yourself in a position of always being ready to go on an audition or always being ready to take on a new challenge?
1: I grew up in a very academic life so I'm not one to shy away from homework. So I'm constantly reading plays. If I can be in a city class, I do that. Um, obviously, out here in L.A., it's it a little difficult to constantly be in classes because of rent and, and the cost of classes. But whenever I can, I try to go back and just make sure that I'm grounded and that I'm going back to the basics and never underestimating that I know this craft called acting because it's it's so different for every project and I just, I, I try to reread books or do exercises work on monologues, whatever I can in between to kind of keep me in shape so to speak
2: mm-hmm.
1: stay in the gym if you will um, but really just whatever opportunities I can I try and go see a lot of theater in LA and there's a lot of great theater um, a lot of people aren't they don't know about in LA a lot of people just assume that LA is just film and TV but there's a lot of theater and a lot of good theater
0: yeah we're, we're really starting to grow that here in, in Vegas as well it seems like there's new uh, playhouses and new um, companies opening up all the time which is is great. And I love that about LA because you're right. People tend to think it's, you know, the film and TV industry and, you know, famous restaurants and where can I see a celebrity, but there's so much more on the artistic side than just that. So I definitely encourage people to go check it out.
2: Oh,
0: absolutely. A couple of projects that I've worked on as a composer, when I've read the script, I've looked at it and gone, I kind of wish I didn't agree to this. This is, you know, not the way this story, when the director explained the story, it was really exciting. And I read the script and I'm like, this just is kind of dry and doesn't seem to have anything in it. And then if I go to a table read or I see the first cut of the film and I see how it's come to life, I get a new energy for it. And I get excited about it again. Have you ever had an experience where you've read something and it just didn't look that great until you had that come alive moment?
1: Yeah, I've had a couple of scenes in scene study where at first I wasn't really sure about it, but by the end of it, I was in love with that play. Um, There's been a couple of shows that I've seen where the first act, I wasn't really sure about the direction it was going, but by the end of the show, it got me. I think especially regarding table reads and writing, um, a lot of people... Obviously, when you're reading a script, you want it to jump out and grab you, and you want to be interested in it. But there are a lot of scripts that really depend on what the actors bring to the words. I'm actually going into a table read next week for something, a small project that I've been working on. That. It is seemingly simple, and some people think it's boring, but one of the reasons we're doing the table read is to see what the actors will bring to the words to see if we really do need to change anything.
0: That's a good idea.
1: There's actually a, a great instance, and I'm going back to scene study. I'm a huge advocate for scene study. Yeah. If you're, if you're doing plays or especially films, theme study I think is critical because it gives you the tools to really be able to to do themes, not just the cold read or what have you. But so I was in scene study and I, I try to be an avid reader, especially for plays. And there's been a couple of plays where I saw on the list, okay, I've read that, it was okay. But then the way they put themselves into it and what they brought to it totally changed my mind about the play. Mm-hmm. And I think that great actors can do that great actors can make something on the page that's just okay be great. And if it's great on the page, it's even greater.
0: Do you guys do, uh, I know we do a lot of them out here, but do you guys do a lot of uh, live staged readings?
1: There are a handful that I see around uh, posted fires for. I'm sure there's more than I think there is. Um, but, I mean, I, I see posts and audition notices for I don't know, I'd say a few table reads at least a month. I'm sure there's more that goes on that just aren't posted.
0: Yeah, and as a writer, I prefer to have sort of a test audience. Like if I'm writing a, a screenplay or if I'm writing a novel, uh, I, or, or just like a story I'm going to turn into an album, I prefer to have a couple of people review it first and tell me, is there a plot hole? Is there something that I like a little spore that I started and I didn't end up doing anything with that I forgot about? Uh, Mm -hmm. I think you need that outside perspective before you start developing it so you know what you're developing. And if you have those types of people that you trust that are going to be those audience members doing that for you, uh, you can really come out with a much more superior piece of art.
1: I completely agree.
0: Now, do you write at all?
1: I have a few ideas that I'm milling around, but they're not formed enough in my head for me to actually get anything done on paper yet. Mm Mm-hmm. I definitely am concentrating more on the acting side, but writing and directing might be in my not so distant future, or maybe distant. Who's to say? <laughs> <Right>. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: um,
1: I just, I have a couple ideas, but I don't have a clear perspective on them yet. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm a person who definitely tends to think about something before I really commit to it. Uh, I really try to flush it out in my head before I try and write it. That's smart. So, I see what happens.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I would definitely be very curious to to see that. Uh, I think it's good, though, to really know what you're getting into before you get into it. I mean, of course, if you're writing something, you can always edit it and rewrite it till your heart's content mm-hmm. um, before you show it to somebody else. But if you're committing to a project, especially that involve other people's lives, um, it's definitely good to know what you're doing unlike this podcast where I just jumped into it because I've worked on a couple before. And then, uh, you know, this morning I'm finding out, Oh, it could be two weeks for iTunes to review it and make sure that it's okay. And all that Mm -hmm. stuff. And I'm like, Oh, I probably should have looked into this more before I picked a start date. You know? (laughs) Um, so do you find that there is a difference in a production, whether it be film or television or, or stage where you, you kind of come into your character based on the wardrobe for that character because there are a lot of period things that, that you do or maybe character-specific wardrobe. Um, does it make a difference to you or is it just you already know who your character is by that point?
1: For me personally, wardrobe can make all the difference. I love wardrobe. I used to sew when I was younger and I almost went into fashion design, hmm. but I, I loved acting more. Mm-hmm. So for me, and especially because I love period pieces and gowns and shoes and hats and gloves, all of it, um, and from all eras, it it can be the biggest difference between really finding a, a certain trait in your character because you're. The way you sit and talk and stand is going to be different if you're playing a character that's based in the 1980s versus the 1880s. Mm-hmm, sure. You have to wear a corset or if you have to have certain dialects. And so for me, wardrobe is huge. I know um, I had the opportunity when I was younger, I would love to replay the character, but I, I was able to play the Wicked Witch in a production of The Wizard of Oz. Ooh. And that particular character for me, I had all the words and I had all the circumstances, but until I put the green face paint on and the dress, it wasn't fully fledged for me. Sure. So there are are definitely certain characters that you have to have wardrobe to really fully feel that you're embodying the character. Obviously in contemporary pieces, Sometimes it's a, um, easier to find that character. There's not a specific dress or shirt that you have to wear for that. Mm-hmm. But even in those pieces, if there's a reference to a piece of clothing or if there's a favorite color, all of those things for me definitely add to and help me find the the really the inner core of, of who I'm trying to portray and helps me find it within
0: myself. Yeah, I would think that that would be a, a huge component because you can imagine yourself as the character to a certain extent, but now you're, you're physically immersed in the character. And mm-hmm. I think that can probably bring out a lot of maybe a different voice tone because you feel like a different person in, in the green makeup. Absolutely. Are accents usually a challenge?
1: For me, I haven't had to do a ton of accents in any of my professional work. I've gotten to play around with some accents in my team study. Um, I've done a decent Irish, and when I do Irish, I have to work a little harder and brush it up on my British. But um, right now I'm trying to work on an Australian accent. Mm. Just for the fun of it, but mm-hmm. I would love to do period pieces uh, professionally where I have to bring an accent in. I, I think that would be so much fun, yeah, and just add another element to
2: things.
0: Sure, and especially some of those the older uh, characters when they they spoke so you know maybe prim and proper and mm-hmm. you know, like you mentioned wearing like the the dress and the hat and everything and i'm thinking back like london in the 1800s where everything was not just the the accent but it was also the way that they spoke yeah yeah it's a lot to study as a, as an actor i mean you, you that's one thing i've always admired is people who have uh, the ability to really transform themselves into somebody completely different. What is it like at the end of a a night or the end of a run when, or the end of a film where you've come out of that character? Do you, are there any characters that you've had where you've taken them with you for a while and had a hard time letting them go? Or do you just pop out and you're Chandra again?
1: There's
2: always a piece that stays with me. Um, I, I try to take
1: good things with me. Sure. Um, But after a production or after uh, a run of a show, I definitely try to put that character to bed, so to speak, Mm -hmm. so that I can kind of start fresh and go into the next project and character without bringing any of that baggage, so to speak. Yeah. But there, there definitely has been a couple of, have times where it's not, it hasn't been too long, but maybe a week or two, it can take, if it's a dramatic role or if it's something that hits really close to home Mm -hmm. without a lot of homework, um, can take me a week or two to just mentally decompress from the whole production.
0: Sure. I think that goes to show how deeply you immerse yourself in your characters too, because if you weren't so entwined with them, you would just be able to step out.
1: And even with comedy roles, um, sometimes those can take a little while to come out of for me as well, Mm -hmm. but yeah, if I I stopped the production and was just immediately fine, I think I'd probably be worried about myself and I'd have to immediately go back to class and figure something out.
0: Very interesting. Uh, Have you had, uh, you'd mentioned, you know, uh, things being close to home. Have you had times where it's been difficult to do a role because maybe it's uh, brought back personal memories or or related to your your history at some point?
1: Yes. uh, I'm actually working on a scene right now in class where it's not necessarily the material, but I'm going through something right now with uh, a... a death in the family Mm. and it's harder as with everybody you don't want to feel worse you want to feel better so letting myself open up in the scene to feel worse is definitely a challenge I can imagine as far as if something was paralleled with my actual script I would have to sit, I would actually have to sit down and think about that if there's something that was too close at the time. I'd have to go back and look at the things I've worked on.
0: Sure. Yeah. Well, I'm very sorry to hear about your loss and it's probably hard enough to interact with people and, and try to work on a project when you're dealing with grief. Um, and, but then when, the, when that particular project is connected to the very same thing, I'm sure that's tenfold.
1: Yeah, it's hard, but that's also
0: our job. Right. Yeah, that's the thing is, you know, it's it's something that we have to just find a way to get through until we can find ourselves through it. Absolutely. So, and I think sometimes it can be therapeutic in a way, too. Um, it can push us to maybe let go of things earlier than we thought we'd be ready to just because we had to push through it in a way.
1: Definitely can.
0: Yeah, and for some, obviously, it can just you know scratch old wounds and and dig up some memories. It's really interesting to to see how people are affected by the the different projects and how they parallel their their life. Um, mm-hmm. If you were to have someone come to you at, let's say, you know, mid-teens and say, I want to be like you, I want to I want to do what you do, what advice would you give them, especially considering that you moved from uh, Arizona to Los Angeles, which is not an easy move uh, to go from anywhere to Los Angeles?
1: No, it wasn't. Luckily, I, I was able to do it with my husband. We moved a year after we got married, so I had that support, which has been critical. Yes. Um, it's- I am fully aware that not everyone has support of their loved ones or someone they can live with. I certainly have friends that have moved across the country and no one thought it was a good idea. So I I absolutely sympathize with that side. But if you can have any kind, if you do have any kind of support, I think that it's huge. Mm -hmm. Um, As far as someone asking, (laughs) they want to be like me. Um, actually had someone talk to me it was a couple of years ago two or three I think she was she had been in some classes I had been in when I was in college and she was talking to me about potentially moving out here but she wasn't sure if she really wanted to ask or not Mm. so I I think it would depend on the circumstance if it's someone who is absolutely committed to acting and they know this is what they want to do, I would still tell them, is there anything else that you want to do that would make you happy? Because if there is, you should do that. And you will hear tons of people say that. I've heard tons of interviews where famous actors have have said that. But it definitely is true. If there is anything else you can do that will make you happy, do it. Because this journey is definitely difficult and complicated if it's what you truly love it is absolutely worth it but it definitely has some low low points and some high high points and you never know when they're going to be low or high so you kind of always have to be on your toes if it's something that they're not sure of i what i told this friend was At least get into acting. She was in Arizona, so I told her, at least get into acting more in Arizona. Mm -hmm. Submit for projects. Try and find an agent. Get into theater. See if it's what you really want to do. And if it's still something you really want to do after a year or two or however long it is, then reconsider. But if it's something that is just a hobby, moving out to L.A. to really pursue it is probably not the best idea. Yeah. Especially financially, sure. it takes endless nights yeah. <laughs> working multiple jobs. Um, and everybody's journey is different, but whether it's L.A. or New York or Chicago, I think really, I mean, as with any profession, even becoming a doctor, you just you really have to feel that calling and to really want to do that to push through some of these. Of these issues, but if it's if it's what you feel in your heart and you can't be happy doing anything else, then more power
2: to you.
0: Well, and it's really not a job; it's a life. You know, if you know, like you'd mentioned, working multiple jobs, yeah, you may have to do that to to be able to pay for your your life in LA. It really is. But you also have to schedule auditions around that and be able to find ways to get away to go on auditions or casting calls. Yep.
1: And especially if you want to do theater and film and TV, mm-hmm. it's, those are such different worlds, time frame wise. Mm-hmm. For film and TV, you audition during the, you know the morning to mid afternoon, maybe in the evening depending on what's going on. For theater, it is all in the evening pretty much, mm-hmm. um, with some weekends. So to do both, it can definitely be a juggle. I actually recently decided to wait for some better roles.
2: <laughs>
1: I'm waiting for a lot of the more challenging roles, uh, feature films, TV, mm-hmm. um, so taking a step back from just being busy all the time. Though mm-hmm. so at the beginning of this year, I said, wow, I haven't done a theater show in six years. I need to get back into theater." So I've really focused on that, and by the end of the year, I'll have done three, which I'm super excited about. But it is definitely a shift in in scheduling.
2: Sure, it's
1: been an interesting. I still feel that I'm back in February. Oh wow! <laughs> kind of. There's just been so much going on. Time
2: passes so quickly.
0: Yeah. And, and I would imagine, you know, between you being on a project and your husband being on a different project, and it's probably really uh, a challenge just to even find time to see each other.
1: It definitely can be.
0: Mm-hmm. I, think to, I think you're right. I think that, that getting into the business wherever you are is the place to start and see if you really do have the passion for it. Because as, as some of my other friends have said, too, is when you get to L.A., it's not just another town. People come to play.
2: Yes, they are. They're at the
0: top of their game or what they think is the top of their game and either they find out that they're very right or they find out they are very Mm -hmm. wrong.
1: So two thoughts on that. One is when I first moved to LA, even though I knew it was what I wanted to do, I immediately wanted to get better training so that I could compete in the LA market Mm -hmm. because it is tough. There are so many people and so many working actors that are trying to find work as well. So I definitely... um, think that training is huge and it, even if you're younger if you take the time to train that will serve you for the rest of your life mm-hmm. I mean you might get some success right when you move to LA but if you don't have the foundation to sustain it you'll stop booking things you'll stop getting auditions so training is essential and then really make sure that you love the acting side is so important because the business side of acting is, it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> it is so depressing sometimes um, trying to find an agent or trying to find a manager, trying to find an agent and or a manager that actually believe in you and will submit you for things. And then if you have to get new headshots and just all of that, it can be so draining that if you don't have the love for when you finally do get an audition or a job, it, it will be you alive.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the business side is a real grind for sure. Mm-hmm. Before we go, you, you had mentioned an, an agent and a manager. Could you maybe tell the audience a little bit about the difference between the two and when you are at the point where you feel it's time to get one?
2: So for
1: me right now, I don't have either. I am actually looking for new rep. And it's been really difficult. A lot of representation right now, uh, they're looking for kind of a pre-packaged thing. Mm -hmm. So for a lot of people, it's really difficult. Um, I just had a friend the other day mention they met with someone who said, you don't have enough credit Mm -hmm. for me to do anything. But at the same time, your agent is supposed to help you get credit. They're supposed to help you get the audition so you can book the job to have the credit. It's this weird, vicious circle. And so management, having a manager, is technically supposed to be someone who is looking out for your best interest. They help manage your image. They help you decide if a part is right for you or not. If you have... Choices. They'll help you decide which is the right way to go for what kind of career you want to have. If you are looking to change your look, they really help you analyze, is now the right time? Should I do this interview? Should I go to this premiere? What will help market you? The agent, technically, is supposed to help you get the auditions to get the job so that you can do what you love to do. hmm the problem now is there are so many agents that also do management things and managers who act like agents. So you get this mishmash of, I don't even know what to call them.
0: <laughs> but um, <laughs> Like, a, like a, they're trying to be a one-stop shop?
1: Yeah. And it can make it all that more difficult. And especially if they're looking for that prepackaged person that has credits and has a good headshot and has a real and they can just market and not have to worry about that's great in a sense for them, but you really want someone who will work for you, who who gets you and that's really hard to find um, people switch agents and managers quite frequently out here and I actually haven't had management or representation for a few years my last one I found out she wasn't really submitting me for anything oh. so I said no, yeah. It's not gonna work. Right. So the things that I've been getting I've been getting on my own, which can still it's it's a hustle. It's definitely a grind. Yeah. But I'm not worried about it. I've gotten to that point where I'll find a manager or an agent at some point who will help me with things mm-hmm. when it's time. It's really hard when you move out here when you're young because you want to find those things right away. and Things just move a lot slower than people realize. Mm -hmm. Once you get a project, it can move really fast, and you could be on a plane the next day. But things are very few and far between. So being able to sustain yourself in between projects or if you only have four auditions by your agent in one year having things to do in between that is really critical. Whether it's writing or taking classes or just working in between and working on your craft. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the biggest reason why there's a lot of director actors, writer actors, director writers because you have to have things to keep you occupied in between.
0: Sure. And I think also just from the creative side of you or the artistic side of you, if there's a lull in the uh, productions, there's there's still that part of you that needs to be nurtured no matter what. Oh, absolutely. I wonder though, how much of it is Hollywood versus just a sign of the times that the attitude of the agents and, and management is working that way? Uh, you know, if you, in the music business, it's almost the same thing. It used to be uh, an A&R person would find a band and they'd go, I really like these guys, we got to get them signed and they would work on the contracts. And nowadays it's, well, you need to sell X amount of T-shirts and X amount of CDs and X amount of concert tickets before you, you can even walk in our door. And even in the business world, if you're looking at temp agencies to find jobs to sustain you in between projects, uh, you know, it used to be you find a, a agent at the temp agency and they take your resume and they place you somewhere and now you hear... Well, just look on the job board, and if you find something you like, let us know. It, it seems like it's it's almost hands-off in, in a lot of industries these days. And I wonder if it's just a sign of the times, or if it's because there's so many people that are flooding those markets that they just can't be hands-on anymore.
1: I think it's both. Um, I think especially for the entertainment industry, when... Social media and online submissions and YouTube really came into play. There's so many more actors vying for roles that it really, it's become difficult for agents and managers and casting directors to go through all these submissions, especially if you have a short turnaround back in the day sometimes I wish I had been my age in the 90s when you really had to hit the pavement and walk around and go to casting offices and agents and say hi my name is Chandra here's my headshot please consider me for things Mm -hmm. because you would definitely get those actors who oh I want to be an actor but I don't want to do that now with the click of a couple buttons they can just submit for stuff So it's definitely a huge flooding in the market. And and not to say that that's the exact same all across the country or the world. I think it's definitely true in a lot of areas. I know Arizona, I never fully got into the market in Arizona because it tends to be so commercial. Mm -hmm. And I was never really interested in commercials or print ads. It can be half and half wherever you are. Some areas might not have... As much of a problem with that, um, depending on how big the population is. Um, I know LA is a huge problem. <laughs> There's just so many people.
0: Exactly, and and it seems like the real challenge is not just to be able to get in the pool with those people, but to find a way to stand out and rise to the top to be noticed.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Yeah.
1: Absolutely, and and being able to stay with it in those low moments. Just in the last year and a half, I've had, I want to say, eight friends completely quit acting. Mm -hmm. A couple of them just found other callings, things that they fell in love with, which I'm absolutely overjoyed for them. But some of them just couldn't deal with the business side of it anymore. So they decided they just didn't want to do it anymore.
0: Even just the rejection portion alone can be daunting.
1: It's definitely hard, and it's definitely... There's more, I think, rejection, especially with online stuff. Most of the rejection comes in a form of not hearing anything. Mm
0: It's Not
1: even a no thank you, we're going a different direction. It's just you don't hear. Yeah. Whether it's submitting to an agent or submitting for a job, you just don't hear. So those few people that take the time to say thank you for auditioning, but we're going this direction, even that is very nice mm-hmm. to get because they're at least taking the time. It's cutthroat.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I think we've definitely lost a, a lot of humanity in the digital age. I think that personal touch, even even if it's just uh, you know, a, a standardized form letter that they put everybody who auditions into a computer and they pick their one and the computer spits out a letter to everybody just to give them some closure and finality. Um, you know, it, it isn't that hard to do, but definitely have that connection would would make a difference at least you you know one way or the other and you're not waiting to hear
1: yeah
0: yeah well thank you so much for coming on the show you've been fantastic and and really informative and uh, i really appreciate your time
1: thank you so much for having me on it's been a pleasure and i hope my words have helped someone
0: i'm absolutely certain that they will and best of luck (laughs) to you on that that gig in washington
1: thank you so much thank you chandra thank you
0: yeah, see, that's that's what I'm talking about. That kind of passion and dedication and hard work. And, you know, it's good that it's paying off for her. But she's really got a good point. When you go to visit a city... Uh, especially, you know, somewhere whether you're familiar with it or not, and even even a major city like Hollywood, really get to know the community and go see some of the local culture that you wouldn't necessarily get to experience otherwise. Even do that in your own town. Go see who's performing, who's doing plays, who's doing local theater and shows. You never know what things that you might enjoy if you don't go and explore it. See you guys on Saturday with our two special episodes, and we'll be back again very soon with our next episode of the Haskin Cast podcast. I'm